0: Okay, welcome back to the Think Education podcast, um, a podcast when Judith and I uh, ramble. I was going to say intelligently ramble intelligibly, perhaps sometimes about uh, things, uh, all things higher education. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a fine line between intelligent and intelligent. Yes, so somewhere in the middle. Um, and today we're going to talk about uh, a recent trip that Judith made, which obviously has been referenced in in previous podcasts and sort of more broadly. You know work trips within academia, um, some of them are conferences, some of them are are conference adjacent, some of them are pure meetings, some of them are you know um, uh, somewhere in the social you know partnership space um, but you you are now safely returned um, from uh, this has been it's been a while right since you've been to china i mean this this is uh this is a trip that's not been in, yes. not done in a while, right?
1: That's right, yeah. This is the so just recently, um, that last weekend got back from China um, on the first trip that certainly I've taken to China since um, before lockdown, so that would have been 2019. Um, and, I, and I literally have to look at the date <laughs> on computers and places now to remind myself that <laughs> this was four years ago. Um, and actually the with regard to the delegation exactly the same thing it was a um, so Lena she obviously was talking about it in the, the podcast that we had with her and this was a delegation that involved um, 20 universities across the UK um, visiting two sites in in China flying into into Beijing and then, Via train, we can mm. come on to that in a moment. Down to Shanghai, uh, and then a couple of days there. Yeah. So the first, so the first time that there was, there's been a a delegation of that size and that level of seniority to to China from the UK since before lockdown. Um, mostly made up of of uh, vice chancellors and deputy vice chancellors, pro vice chancellors, and then colleagues from um, universities UK international. UKRI and of course the British Council who were sort of leading on it all um, so it was certainly um, an, an interesting experience you know I know Chris that you've also recently um, had, had the joys of intercontinental travel um, and on the one hand I I the, the whole practical aspect of it is the travel side of it on the one hand I felt as though it had been a long, long time, and I was try- just trying to remember the kind of things that one is meant to do and not meant to do. And you know, did I accidentally pack an umbrella in my suitcase, which means they're going to unpack everything, or you know, something like that? Um, and, and and on the other hand, it was just, it was like I'd never been away, and some bits of it had were. Very similar to what happened in the past, but others, you know, there, there were certainly quite a few differences, and some differences actually, I think, for the for the, for the best, you know, for mm-hmm. the better. Um, so yeah, it was certainly um, it was certainly an a, a, an experience, and the and the whole then the whole process, that whole travel process, not only then the sort of practical aspects of what you're doing. But then while you're you going, you know, what are you going to do when you're there? What are the activities that are taking place when when you're there? And, and how are you maximizing those? And how maybe we're doing some things differently now to the way in which we were doing them before. And we potentially could have had a chat about this when I, I got back last week, but that would have been even more coherent <laughs> than um, it will be today. Because what I certainly find... Uh, as I'm getting older is that it, if uh, every year I get older, it seems to take me a day longer to get over what was w- and and can be, you know, quite a long trip. I mean, just one of these trips, uh, certainly coming out of Shanghai back to the UK, I, I nearly always go via um, uh, not only for the shops, but largely for the shops, it has to be said, but the fact that they are blisteringly um, efficient but because of the current political climate as well, you know, there's certain routes that you can't fly over. And the first flight was 13 hours and 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. And is... Well, that's 13 hours and 45 minutes, not a long time. It is 13 hours and 45 minutes, but it's a long time to be in a plane. Yeah. You know, so there were those... So it was, as I say, so it it was interesting in that, you know, it felt as though... Never been away, here we are again. Um, and then on the other hand, it was like this is this is different. And I do think, and I don't know whether you found this maybe to talk initially, Chris, before we get into something that might be slightly in more in depth and, and to do with the, our uh, day jobs. Um, but just sort of practicalities of it because I know you've recently as well, um, come to the UK, we haven't here from, yeah, yeah, from Dubai. And, and I don't know whether you found did you did you find it you know different experience to certainly sort of pre lockdown.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I think I, I had a similar a similar response to you that you know you and I like many of our colleagues in in universities around the world we've been fortunate enough in the past to have travelled um, extensively right and, and obviously there's a conversation which we had um, when we were talking to Nigel Healy you know about the you know. The practicality versus the good of that, right? You know, we, you know, so. But uh, that aside, for now, you know, we've we've yeah. had we've been fortunate enough to to experience travel and to be able to sort of you know visit new places and and repeat visit and, and meet new people and and yeah, there was sort of um just a, a way of traveling. You know, pack the same things. You know, I used to sit in the same seat in the same cafe in KL Airport every time I flew. Like it was just a, it just became a very routine type of a type of a deal and. i I think the break for the pandemic took away some of the i'm not going to say glamour but some of the it made it more of a grind so travel now is just seems yeah it's obviously a product of getting older right it's just it just seems harder um and um my uk trip actually wasn't too bad but I, i flew to um Tashkent in Uzbekistan um, uh, in uh, early July um, and it was to go out and visit um, Westminster International University of Tashkent uh, you know, a university I have a long relationship with I was an external examiner for them for many years I'm al- always very happy to go back I have colleagues that I haven't seen since pre-pandemic and I was invited to go out and give a, a, a talk at a, a ministry run an organised conference and I was you know, very happy to do so but I had a uh, I had a commitment to my own job here in Dubai on on the the Thursday and the Saturday and so they managed to fly me in literally for the Friday but that meant leaving Dubai at something like 1am to land at 5am in Tashkent to start work at the conference at 9 to finish the conference then to go back to the hotel to you know to something like to leave Tashkent at I don't know three in the morning to land in Dubai at seven to get to work for nine and it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. Um, and sometimes I actually, I actually much prefer longer flights. I always used to think if I'm on the plane less time than it's taken me to get to the airport and get from the airport to my destination, it doesn't seem right. So I, I like the 15 hour yes. flights. I used to like, cause I'd just sleep. Um, now, <laughs> I'm like, um, yeah, squeezing. I mean, I'm, I'm not excessively tall, but I'm, you know, relatively tall and squeezing into into economy seats is uh you know it loses some of its uh, appeal after after a while um the destination i love i love getting there i'm just you know less enamored by the the middle bit which i think i used to just treat as maybe just didn't even think about it right it was just sort of routine that that went that went went by um uh, i i it's funny because i mean i don't i don't I don't mind the security checks, I don't mind any of these things, Like they're all, I understand the purpose of, of, of all of them, um, sometimes there's sort of redundancy built in, um, it seems, but you know, I don't, I don't particularly have any, have any issue, any issue with it, Um. remember all those easy jet flights I used to take at university that, you know, took off at two in the morning and landed at six, and you think, oh, I'm going to take those because it'll give me the extra day, and now, like, pff, that extra day I'm going to be asleep. Yes. Um, but yeah. it's funny because I, I, right, yes. I remember in KL having to repeatedly doing uh, a day of work in, in KL, going home, um, so getting home at whatever it was, 6 or something in the evening, going back to the airport at 11 to get there at midnight, to get on a 2 a.m. flight from KL that would then fly 14 hours to London, that would land in London at sort of seven in the, 6, 7 in the morning, then renting a car and driving from London to Nottingham, to get there for a full day set of meeting. And that was of course in economy as well, because that's just the way, the way that we flew. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I would be able to, and clearly whatever I was saying in those meetings by the end of the day in the 17th cup of coffee was completely, yes. completely, completely, you know, just yes. garble. You're, yeah. sort of, you're sitting there nodding and going, if I keep nodding anymore, I'm literally gonna fall over. And, uh, and everybody you meet says, um, yes. well, you know, would you like a cup of coffee? this is number 17. I'm, my heart's going to break. Like I need to <laughs> um, yeah, can we take a walk around the lake? That would probably uh that would probably do me do me more good. Um I mean presumably your China trip was was fairly full on, right? You were it was a fairly full uh agenda.
1: It was a- Absolutely, absolutely. And we're just going through the delights now of, of typing up the the scribbled notes that um that I took through each part of it. Um, yeah it was and i think i think one thing that really struck me though this time about flying, and i suppose the thing is it was the it was the first time i'd flown um this le- this distance um since since lockdown um i 've I've been, I've been to the to middle east i've been to saudi and i've been to, been to europe but so i also i suppose had a i was anticipating it was going to be different I was expecting it to be different if it hadn't been different i think I'd have been a mm. bit more surprised. So, as I was expecting that part of it to be different, but also, I think I was expecting and hoping um, and in many ways it's happened that the the trip itself would be something where we made absolutely the most of every minute that mm. we were there, you know either together as a group uh, one of the one of the great things actually about these kind of delegations is that you really bond well together as a group as well because you seem to spend a significant amount of time together mostly because you know you do want to be arriving places in the morning or very late at night so that you can have a full day the next day and then then do your traveling so you, you're probably spending 17 or 18 hours a day it feels like all, all together so but there's that aspect of it that actually people you're going with you know from your own country from your own, your own sector um, you learn from and you, you you share things with, but of course, then when, when you're going somewhere, in this case, for myself, you know, China, that you're making sure that you're spending, um, you know, the amount of time that you you need to be and want to be, yeah. and can be with the the, the partners, potential partners that you've got there, and that I think was 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 very good. We did have it was a really was a, 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 a full on. Um, set of meetings in, in Beijing from symposia with with other academic institutions uh, or colleagues from business or uh, people from the Ministry of Education, the various agencies you've got out there, like CSCSE and, and others, and of course our own, um, you know, Consul General, etc., mm-hmm. yep. um, to to visits to institutions. So uh, when we were in Shanghai, for example, you know, we visited Shanghai Jiao Tong. we went to the Shanghai Theatre Academy. Um, and and I, I think what what happened with that as well was because we were all expecting things also to be a little bit more different, to be ensuring that we could maximise the opportunity that we got, um, that there were some times when probably we would have liked to have had a little bit more time mm. to spend just chatting as well, water-cooler moments to yeah. the people that are there. Because sometimes in your efforts to make sure that you're maximising every second of the day, you can forget to sort of schedule in. Well, for this hour, you know what, we're not actually going to put exactly what you might be discussing in this hour because you you're just you all together, you're all people that are in the same sphere of work. Just have a chat, yeah. see where it goes. Yeah. You know, And I think probably we could have we could have done a little bit more of that on on reflection um but certainly though it was it was an absolutely superb trip and you, you know you couldn't fault the teams that organized it did did massively did massively well um but it, it was something that then like we were saying in the with the conversation we had with Nigel Healy um i think we were all for most of the time were very mindful of the fact that we we did we wanted to be making sure we're making the most of it because we had all got on planes and mm. flown, you know, and and we had used that, you know, that, that, that sort of that technology to get somewhere instead of using uh, Zoom or instead of using, you know, the different platforms that you can there. So we really wanted to make the most of being face-to-face with people and having the experiences that you have, you know. So certainly what i always trying to do where I'd say wherever I am, not exactly, not 100% wherever I am, because obviously one has to sometimes be a little bit more careful, but you know, to, to get out there, have a little walk around places as well, just experience the, the feel, of a, feel of a place. And, um, and that I think was something that uh, we were all more mindful of this time than probably we, we had been previously when all of us were the kind of people like you and I. Who did a lot of travelling before, you know, for very valid reasons, um, but probably didn't stop to always think about making sure that we made made the most of everything. Um, and actually, when we we had an alumni event um, and and dinner in Shanghai, and I hosted a, a short panel presentation you know it was one, one of those dinners where you have different things happening at different yep. different points so you know we had the speeches at the beginning from the director of the British Council etc and then then there was a musical interlude before the pudding and we I suppose for want of a better phrase were the entertainment mm. um, after the starter and before the main course and so so I hosted a panel with um, with some with some colleagues from the from the delegation but also um, from people who were in shanghai and we talked about one of the things we talked about as well we talked about the importance and the the benefits that one can get from mobility and from visiting somewhere from staying somewhere and um and sometimes you know you might you will have probably had this yourself chris did you think you know 20 years ago that when you started visiting or overseas or going to places overseas you'd end up spending more of your time living overseas Hmm. than back in the UK, and indeed, where does overseas then start to become yeah. <laughs> your home's your home, isn't it? It's where you are. So, so we had that kind of conversation, but we were all much more mindful of sort of cherishing the moment that, that we got, that we, are, we were all there together, slightly more socially distanced, again, I would say, than we would have been previously. You know, there was a lot more of that that, um, that took place, which can sometimes be very welcome, depending on the countries and the regions that you are. Visiting a little bit more social distance doesn't always hurt, um, but um, but you know there there were some of those practicalities that were a little bit different. But I think people were just making the most of that kind of um, that kind of interaction that that we were having, um, and and that that's why I mean when I I go I always um, obviously we all make notes and things, don't we, when we're we're travelling and when we're in our meetings and and things like that. But I also try and make those kind of reflective notes when I go away as well, Just how I'm feeling at, at certain points and what I'm getting out of it. Because I think that is important. And and certainly I found at a certain point in my career when I was doing a massive amount of uh, traveling and being responsible for overseas campuses, and that, I, I think I lost... I, I I I can't quite work out how to articulate it. I was still enjoying it, but I don't think I appreciated it I didn't appreciate the travel side of it and what what I was doing when I got somewhere I almost just saw it as an extension of the conversation I might have just been having you know 10 hours previously you know in the institution I'd just come from and I didn't always just stop and stand there and look around and think goodness me you know what I'm in a different country experiencing a different culture here Mm -hmm. just just stand there for a moment and, and appreciate that um so will that continue every single future trip? Probably not. You know the um, yeah. The more that you do these things, the more that it starts to become familiar, doesn't it? Um, but it certainly was. Yeah, one of those one of those trips that, uh, and and of course you've got the seniority of the people that are there as well. If you've decided to basically take one week out of very nearly one week out of your your work, you know, back in. For us in in the uk to go somewhere else and you've got to make sure that you're making the most of that time and indeed everybody has and the people that that were there i mean when we visited shanghai Jiao Tong, for example you know we there was a significant number of of colleagues there from the most most senior level to you know, presentations from from academic staff from students um and they spent you know several hours with us we arrived there First thing. Well, as first thing as you can do when you have to get to somewhere in Shanghai. Yeah. And you don't want to get to the three in the morning and a coach, you know. So it, does, it basically takes you two hours to get anywhere, doesn't it? It doesn't really matter where you're going. It's going to at least take you there. Yep. Um, but then we had all these presentations, you know, we, had, we and we had a great discussion there. We had lunch with them. We had more discussion over lunch. And I think it, that was much more proactive. But, you know, they, they've got busy lives. They've got a lot of things that they were doing. And they sure. took the time out yeah. to share that with us. Um, and and probably we did, um, we made the most of those or more of those interactions than we might have mm. previously. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the things I think that is of a benefit when now when we're starting to to travel a lot more.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it's really interesting to hear this. I mean I, some of it I was sort of assuming would be the case, right? You know, based on you know, exactly as we said before, you know that. Making the most of things, even if it's even if it's not the environmental agenda that's you know first, in it it might just be that well I've got a workload at home and yeah. so you know if I'm going to be away you know it's got to be um, value added etc. Um, but I'm it's I'm interested because um, I've not I've never been on a, a, a senior level delegation like this, um, so I have no no frame of reference. i I've got all these sort of different you know potential scenarios in my head. You know because you're there representing. Obviously, an individual institution, um, with as most institutions have multiple priorities and agendas, sort of you know sometimes competing, but sometimes in in sort of collaboration. But you're also representing the UK sector, right? In your case, and so I was wondering, yeah. you know, how does that how does that play out from a sort of a dynamics perspective on the plane? You know, are there individual agendas that people don't talk about is there sort of a competitive element is there a collaborative element you know is it sort of you represent the uk and then you talk to partners on an individual basis in which case it's done more on a one-to-one like how does it practically oh actually i suppose from a start how did you how did you i don't know how it works are you nominated to to be part of a delegation are you selected to be part of it i mean how does it how does that bit work and then i think practically yeah
1: I think it uh, some things do depend in terms of, of the sort of the the people who take take part so usually you know I think for certainly these senior level delegations if they come through the British Council or universities uk and all universities uk cause often they we do do they do do things uh, together um, they'll they'll put out a call and they'll say you know mm-hmm. we're, we're we're bringing together this this level of delegation right. so it's got to be this these people because those you know people in my position, as you say, you know explaining the kind of things that, that we're doing will have different types of conversations with equivalent people in
0: yeah. the
1: institutions overseas than others will they're not they're, there's nothing right, there's nothing wrong there's nothing better, there's nothing worse it's just it's just the different yeah, it definitely sure. means that your agendas can focus on different things doesn't it so so usually they'll set what that level is, and they then then themselves. Will say, well, look, we can't have every single 140 institutions coming along, obviously. So, you know, we've got X number, and on the one hand, first come, first served. On the other hand, as well, you know, we need to be able to match
0: Mm, the kind of
1: people that we've got um, and the kind of institutions that we've got. And and I think actually that worked very well this time too. So you've got a real mixture of institutions. They Universities UK and British Council are very good at, at ensuring that we've got people from Wales, from you know, from from Scotland and from England uh, as well, in particular, and from uh, Ireland if possible. Um, and and so they like to geographically have a, a spread of institutions and different types of institutions. So those that may have a strong research focus, you know, and, and institutions such as mine, with the University you know and ones that might be in the top like 25 in the uk etc and uh, to those that might be small mm. um, institutions that focus on one thing you know so maybe only have a one or two thousand students to post 92 so lots of different types who so would have different strengths to bring and also in many countries you know comparable institutions so you can be budded up with the institutions there so so in terms of um so, in terms of the selection, uh, obviously you put yourself forward and and I think as part of that, you need to be able to articulate how you're going to you know respond during it, what you're going to be doing what what you think the focus should be, and then picking up your point are uh, the fact that yes you do come from an institution, a certain institution, you know, but actually you're there representing the whole sector, and indeed you're bringing. All of the experiences that you've you've had in in the past, and so what what it isn't about is only talking about your institution. Right, that I think is something that you know. Um, even actually, as a as a group, you know, if you want to gel as a group, of course you're there to give some examples from your own institution. It's not that you never talk about what you're doing, but it isn't it isn't one big long advertisement for where you're working. You know, there's an element of the kind of things you might want to share. But if there are things that you can share from other experiences, and you know, um, and other things that you can talk about that maybe you're not doing at your institution, but other people are, then then you know, it's. I think there's a that strong sort of collegiate aspect to it, and it it is interesting. And I've been on a number of these now, and I and I honestly can say, I think in in all of them I've been the vast majority, and I'm talking like if there are 20 people, 19 out of the 20, will will go with that frame of mind, with it, with it being, yes, I'm here, I am here, but on behalf of my institution, I need to get something out of it for my institution, mm. otherwise, you know, why am I coming? But actually, it is also a, a, a group, a team, a collaborative effort. I think I've only had one or two people over the years, and some of them that, that haven't behaved like that. And very quickly they sort of separate themselves Ah, from the group. Interesting. You see what I mean? Yeah. If somebody is only ever there and sitting next to you to ask you questions about your institution, you know, along the lines of, so what was your undergraduate intake like this year? And what are you looking to do in Latin America now? And never offer anything themselves, then... Uh, after about a couple of hours of that, everybody knows that that's what that individual's doing. And and it's, it's, uh, it's tiresome, I think, to say the least. So what I think was really, was superb in this particular delegation was that every single person, and I honestly can say every single person was there willing to share and discuss things. And because you do spend, um, I suppose you, there are, you spend a lot of your time in events and like I was saying, you don't, we, don't have a, we didn't have a huge amount of time to have, to have always discussion with some of the people that were there, which was a little bit of a shame, could have had a little bit more of that. Um, but we did have quite a bit of time to discuss things between ourselves because we were on coaches
0: uh-huh.
1: a lot. And what you do is you don't, and you don't always sit next to the same people, you know, so you chop and, you chop and change a bit. And so actually that bit works really well. So, you know, you, 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 you probably find the, as, as well when you get older, and you, you know, this Chris as well as I do, when you get older and you're on these kind of delegations or whatever type of delegation or conference it is, you will bump into people you know.
0: Yeah.
1: And the older you get, the more people that you know on things, you know. So usually the first thing you do is gravitate to the people that you might not have seen for Quite some time, and and you know that's that's wonderful because a then you you it's great to just catch up with people and see how they're doing, and b you share a lot from your respective institutions because you've known each other forever anyway. So, for example, just one of them for this one, you know, I I met um, I met David Law, who I hadn't seen for quite a few years, and we first met when I was at University of Birmingham, and I started there in the early nineties and David was at the University of Warwick. And then I went to Leeds and he went to Edge Hill and then we went to do all different places. And we often used to do presentations together because he was heading up international teams mm. as well as being part of the registry, even though in, his background is in his history, as a, a history professor. Um, so, uh, and it was wonderful seeing him. I hadn't seen him for years. So, you know, we had a, it was a great opportunity. He's now at Kiel. Um, doing some work in particular sort of more like a special advisor role to the um, to the vice chancellor there particularly looking at, um, at China and of course I'm at Swansea University so so. and there were a lot of people like that people who hadn't seen each other for years I met Andrea Nolan who I first met when she was the, the, the pro vice chancellor responsible for what seemed absolutely everything including international at University of Glasgow and uh, has been of course for many years now the the vice chancellor at uh, Edinburgh Napier University. Um, so it was it was great meeting people that you know, and then of course there was lots of people that you don't know, including colleagues from British Council, University UK, you know UKRI, um, and and other agencies uh, that you chat to and you share things with. And so you come back as well with a wealth of knowledge, not only with regard to what you might have been wanting to do. Or trying to do with any partnership development or interactions with the country that you go into itself, um, but also with people across your own delegation. And and finally, your, and your, your, your question around openness, I think the level of openness directly correlates to how tired you are <laughs> and how many hours you've been together. <laughs> yeah. So it's probably safe to say that by the time we'd all got into Shanghai uh, following our five-hour train journey that started at 6 p.m. in Beijing because we'd had a full day in Beijing as well starting in the morning with the symposium and then and then meetings and then we'd split and some of us met some agents and some uh, international school uh, leaders and others met sort of some of the funding agencies and then we all went down to Shanghai and then we all piled into a, a different coach at least a Shanghai coach as opposed to a Beijing coach uh, to go to the hotel there so by the time we would all checked in I think it was about one and a half one and then you're up again the next morning about seven and a half or seven to, to to all start again um, so if you didn't chat and get to know each other on that train journey then it would be a very long journey indeed um, but it is great because people do of, of course you you don't want you won't be betraying any confidences from your institution sure, and everything that yeah. sort are of confidential for all of us for our institutions that, that you wouldn't share with anybody uh, you know but, um, but, it, but it is about that learning and I suppose what you do realise therefore is that you know that collaboration and that partnership starts at home how you behave and how you work with each other um, and then you know transfers to anything uh, international as well and and I I believe, although it would be interesting maybe to ask, I've got several people who would like to come and join us on the Fantastic. podcasts um, from that trip, including some brilliant colleagues over in, in China, which will be really good to have them on. It would be nice probably to ask them at a certain point, as some colleagues, you know, what, yeah. what kind of feel do they get? Because I would imagine you've got a group there that are talking about their own institutions. And maybe then, you know, somebody will say something in one institution and, you know, we, we've got a medical school, for example, and, you know, if there's a, we might get buddied up with somebody else or somebody will give a presentation there and oh, yeah, great, I'll come and talk to you about that. Other institutions won't have a medical school, so of course they're not going to talk to them about it because they don't have one. You know, so there will be some aspects like that, but it would be interesting to, to see what they think about and whether they get that feel that it is something that is a... A very collaborative joint venture from across the from across the UK. Because certainly, I I did feel like that mm. this
0: time. It's interesting, is that the I mean, I've I've, I've not been on a delegation like this, but you know, I've been to many many conferences, and it's this the same sort of timetabling issue where it's everybody's trying to maximise the time of everything and everybody that's involved, and so naturally there are you know. Mm-hmm multiple and, and I mean and the bigger conferences get there's also concurrent sessions and activities in which case you're you're then by varying the nature of the yeah. timetabling selecting certain things over, over others it's it isn't always interesting though that the um, as you said you know that that sort of space or the time to just chat you know and which obviously in conferences is usually the coffee breaks or or you know whatever it, it might be but it's yeah. kind of you figure you feel like from a time perspective well if we just put you know this is an hour of chatting. Well, that, that looks like wasted hour, right? That, that's not, we've not filled that with anything, you know, really proper that we Ex- can measure. Exactly. And yet, no, yeah. and to be fair, I mean, some people will just go back to their hotel room and sit in a quiet, dark room and, and you know, you relax for, for an hour yeah. after the the busy day. Um, but it, it is interesting that, and we talked about this in our conference episode, that it's is those spaces away from, say, the formal presentations or away from the, even sometimes even from the panels, where people, it's not about letting your guard down, but it's, it's about having, as you say, more frank conversations um, that may very well lead, yeah. to, lead to something. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's interesting. And,
1: and that actually, that end of that sentence is, is the, the point, isn't it? That you say it's, it, it might lead to something that where, where you haven't anticipated that. Because what you're not doing is you're not you're not you're not you're not presenting something. You're not going with a question that then you're going to try and give an answer to. You're just having a chat, yeah. and it might go in any number of different directions. And I think that's the great thing with these kind of delegations. You're doing lots of different things that you get that as a group because you do. You know, you, you as I say, you're piling on and off. You know, buses. So you might. So when we, we after we visited. Shanghai Zhaotong, for example, then we went to the Shanghai Theatre um, Academy, so you've got another couple of hours from there to there sort of thing, um, and again, you all sit next to, you know, different people and sometimes you chat away. Sometimes we go a little bit quiet, it's um, it's a little bit like a school trip
0: <laughs> as yeah. well,
1: you know, with children where they're really, really noisy to begin with and then at a certain point they all fall asleep yeah. and then they, they sort of all start to wake up again and then uh, get the second wind um, so I think for us actually in the delegation um, even though those points weren't timetabled in we all probably just instinctively made the yeah. most of it yeah. um, and uh, or when I say all I think most, most people anyway and those that perhaps were actually newer to the kind of level of working um, initially maybe didn't start like that but got got to be like it more as the as the trip went on as you say what where where probably we could have done it a little bit more and then you just have to think think of some you know pedagogical term don't you for it that you can put into your into your timetable um but those those discussion and reflective pieces with people who are other people who are there and the other partners that are there you know need to be sort of timetabled in
0: yeah it's like Creative, reflective, interfacing, and problem solving, or some some such nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Um.
1: That's it, exactly it. Yes, yes. So you've got to be able to, you've got to be able to fill it by saying something. But uh, um, but actually, that's just it. Yes, it's time time to time to reflect, time to discuss, and time to see where things might things might go. I know we're thinking probably of, of discussing that in a in another podcast, aren't we? In terms of yeah. Might what they might be doing in terms of that, interactions with with partners overseas I wondered whether we might finish with um, thinking of a couple of things, probably this is a bit too this is going to sound too negative but it's not meant to be but things we didn't miss things we didn't miss when we're travelling mm. so can I start yeah
0: please Yeah.
1: <laughs> so things I didn't miss and I always like saying this one to you um, Chris because even though with podcasts There are no visuals. I'm sure that people can go on the website and see what you look like. But one thing I really don't miss about going to warm climates, and it was very hot in in Beijing and particularly Shanghai, and it was a bit damp as well. So it's 30 degrees, it's 100% humidity, and my hair starts to get a whole life (laughs) of its own. So the rest of me can be dressed in a nice smart suit. And I'm doing my very best, yeah. you know, to look sensible. And my hair is completely betraying it. So I don't know why I ever bothered to have it cut or do anything with it before I go away, because I only ever put it up in the back of my head anyway. So humidity, humidity I could I will never get used to humidity when I have to work somewhere. Yeah. I love it when I've got to when I'm just travelling. Mm-hmm. Now, Chris, I I I mean, I would imagine unless the beard just starts to go wild. Yeah, you know, no, that might that, not be. That's not no. That's there.
0: that's not so much for me a problem. No, um, although I have foolishly in many countries, um, Asian countries, African countries, Middle Eastern countries, and indeed to some extent European countries, walked around wearing a full suit in absolute stupid hot weather because yes. that's yes. the I don't know the image the the brand yeah. I don't know right that's the the tradition that's what I th- I'm not sure just what we do and, you know sitting in a room talking to a colleague um uh, whether it was in Malaysia and they're wearing a batik shirt or or whether it's in Ghana yes and, sort yeah. of get, and you're thinking why am I why am I dressed like this when everybody else looks so much more comfortable um and i mean sometimes it's it's not a uniquely english thing but it is a it is an english thing about you know this is the image of what it is uh, yeah and realistically the image is yes. oh some sweaty um uncomfortable looking white guy who could be better served in a short sleeve <laughs> shirt yes, yes yes that's that's the image yes um but no i mean i think humidity obviously i've 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 spent the last yeah. whatever it is 16 17 years in in humid countries um it's finally dipped now in dubai we're we're finally at at just sort of mid 30s but but a lot less humidity but no it's um and it's a very real part of travel because i used to get that when i was in malaysia i used to go back to the uk campus uh, in nottingham and my body didn't adapt very well to central heating so um the the Mm -hmm. because obviously we all all almost every room everywhere in KL certainly of a business perspective was a seed so you you got used to that type of thing and then I'd go back to England and it and it would be a different type of humid and it would be sort of close weather and then the the the
1: yeah uh,
0: and I found that particularly sitting in meetings just you know I'm wearing a jumper and a, a scarf because I'm cold and now the central heating's on and I'm sort of, you know you know you're feeling like you're sweating and 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 you're tired and I think that's an interesting part about travel mm-hmm. that it's not a bad thing to be uncomfortable when you travel because it, I think it gives you a sense of, you know, what it's like for other people when they're in your country. Like it's, I think that's a sort of a a unifying factor, right? Um, But when you are trying to get work done or you're trying to at least hear what people are saying, right? You're you're actually trying to engage and be present in the moment Mm. and you've got off a 14 hour flight and your body temperature is either up or down depending on which country you're in. And, you know, you're, you're you're surviving on coffee and everybody that you're talking to is excited and interested and it's the 17th idea and you think i'm not sure i'm not sure i i even know what's going on like i don't you know uh, what what is happening yes,
1: yes i just blanked out at that moment yeah. i'm sure there was a conversation yeah. that had been had over the last 20 minutes but for the life of me if you asked me to repeat yeah. it i couldn't please
0: just make sure i haven't agreed to anything like please, like, please i didn't yes, agree to anything i'm gonna get into trouble for back when i get back home um yeah. Um yeah, so that yeah, I, I think I think that's a great one, humidity. Um, um uh, I don't I don't miss the So one of the things that was was always very um common when I was travelling from uh, a branch campus in Malaysia to the to the home campus in the UK was the fact that that was never a real break in the sense that I guess maybe the delegation was. You know, and so it was a case of Not only are you trying to balance what you're doing on the trip, it's also with your work at home. Um, And because of the time difference in that case, which was eight hours, you know, it's kind of a 24 hour cycle. And so, a little bit like um, we talked about with the conferences, where, you know, when you're physically at a conference, if you can just fully engage, that's maybe better than when you're doing it online because it's um, carving out that time to be fully present somewhere. Looking back on it very much ties in with what you were saying about this delegation, that it's that be in the moment you know take the value you know really get what you can out of it and and justify the the experience both professionally but also but also personally um, yeah so um, i don't I don't miss that where you can't you know you're trying to juggle you know multiple things at the at the same at the same time um, yeah yeah and I
1: suppose that's one of the one of the benefits of technology is that you do have your email and you can catch up with people and you can do other things that you know um depending on you know it doesn't matter about time difference and things like that the other thing is that people tend to still think that you're you are accessible even though you know you might be in a completely different country in a completely different time zone i mean i know that when I was away, though, I was there were multiple emails that were going to were coming into my inbox, which, have to admit, I didn't look at. Uh, that started with "I know you're in China, but mm-hmm. um, it's like, yeah, I, I am. I'm not actually here on holiday, yeah. um, so there's stuff like happening. Um, so there's that, but I suppose the point though is there are things still carry on, don't they? they Everything do. is still carrying they do. on. They do. And so you need to make sure you 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 touch base. Um, but but then you've got all your other different forms of technology that now you can have. So whereas you can't be WhatsApping people, you can be WeChatting people. Yeah. So so you get a whole different yeah. different sort of set of media that you you start to use. So that I do think though, it's um, a little bit like we've talked about before when we talked about technology technology use in in the lecture room and uh, in other sort of environs there's great benefits to it but there are downsides um and and again i think coming so coming back to to the travel you know there are i think a lot more checks that you need to go through in order to travel now there is a lot more that you need to do in terms not as much as of course if it was was during the lockdown period well when it's lockdown, it was impossible when when it was right close to those times i know that there were even more quite rightly that you had to do it, go through in terms of health checks, but there are still a lot of those right. that you need to do and declarations that you need to do and things you need to fill in and things you need to get scanned at the airport. So it's a lot, it's a lot more rigorous from that point of view. And I don't think that's any, in any way, a bad thing. To be honest, and of course, a lot of places that you go to are very well organised. So they, when they do that, you know, it's fine. Although it does come back to your earlier points, but as well about just how you're feeling when you get off your, yeah. heaven knows how many. You know, hours you've been travelling, and and certainly when I'm when I'm coming back to the UK, I'm, I'm always a little bit more relaxed, which probably I shouldn't be. But you sort of know what's going to happen. You can basically do things on autopilot, don't you and there are lots of things that don't have to happen because you're coming back home. So yes, you have to go to your scanner to get your passport scanned and go through your gate. But really, apart from that, there's not a lot of other things that you have to do. Of course, when you're landing somewhere else. You've got to have your various checks done. You've got to get your fingerprint things done. You've got to yeah. fill in these copious numbers of forms, as well as do things electronically. And then, then you get to the immigration desk, and then they ask you lots of complex questions, like what your name is and things like that. Which you know you are perfectly able to answer that. You know, fifteen or sixteen hours previously, when you'd had a bit of sleep. Mm. But, uh, so, so I don't know. I'm, I'm always just trying to really be alert, and it's warm and that's when it's always just going to come back to humidity and I'm going to have to write something about humidity the joys are, the joys are not so of it. when I get back to the UK and certainly when I got back last weekend it was lovely and cool <laughs> and, and I got back in I flew back into Birmingham and, and I was chatting to some people there and they went oh it must be terrible it's so cold and it was about 10 o'clock at night so in, in, in UK timing wise I'd, I'd, I'd left Um, I'd left China at midnight and I got into, I got back home at what was 11 o'clock at night. So it was a 23 hour trip, Yeah, you know, but the bit there for when I landed in, in Birmingham and it was cool, it wasn't raining, which is nice, but it was cool. It was cool. You know, it was, it was about seven or eight degrees and it was just lovely (laughs) because <laughs> it kept me awake. Yeah. I was like thinking, oh, this is marvellous. And people are looking going, are you mad? Yeah. Why are you thinking? I said this, I said, because when it's the other way around and you've you've, you've been travelling a long time and you've got to do complex stuff and fill in things, like like your name, yep. um, and you really would rather, you could give it to somebody else to do, <laughs> but you can't because it's got to be you. Um, to add heat into the equation is always a bit more tricky. so."
0: I mean, I used to have yeah, that every time, every time going back, landing in Malaysia. Like you just, you know, because essentially it's the same temperature every day of the year with sort of very minor yeah. um, variants. So, you know, you'd land at two in the morning and you step out and it's just walking into soup. Like it was just, which, yes. you know, if you'd come from somewhere cold, sort of thawed you out. Um, but now, I mean, you know, you land in Dubai any time other than our winter and it's, you know, you, the planes coming in. It's like, alright, oh, it's, you know, we're going to land at be 2 a.m. Um, you know, light wind, uh, it's uh, 47 degrees. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, what, what, yes, wait, what?
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yes, yeah. Yeah. And that's, With that
1: Fahrenheit. yeah what,
0: what's going on here? <laughs> um, but I mean, that's, it is, it is part of the, part of the fun of travel, isn't it? As you say, it's not always fun in the moment, It is. but being able to experience those, those different parts of, of life are, are, um, are fun And I think they do make us, um, you know, more empathetic towards, you know, students that are coming, uh, you know, because when we're in our, our own normal yeah. surrounding, for, for the person that we're talking to, it's as alien as it would be if we were somewhere else. It's um, absolutely. a useful, yeah.
1: And that, I think, is, is probably a good point for us to end it on, but that, I think, is a really, really important point. You know, the more you travel and the more you, you experience, and usually, of course, we are privileged to be doing this, you know, in... You know, lovely environment. We have nice places we're staying. You know, we get taken care of by everybody. So you know, we we we're doing it, and um, and it's much easier for us to do. It. But it does just remind you of what it's like. Mm. You know, to be going somewhere where other people are in control. You don't know what's happening. It's a little bit different to you. You know, you're out you're out of that comfort zone. Yeah. Um, and there are times when you are tired, and and when. You know, you, you arrive somewhere, as I, I I did, and you arrive in the morning and they go, yes, your your room will be ready in like five hours time. And you're like, but I want to wash. I'm really tired. Please let me get a room. Um, there are times when you can cope with that because it's, yep. you know, and there are times you can't. But it just reminds you about what it's like. But then there are those joyous times and things that happen that are well out of what you're normally used to experiencing. Yep. But that are just wonderful and and I think it's um, and I said this in the panel discussion in Shanghai you know that what we should all also try and do at certain points is just stop and pause and cherish where we are and who we are who we're with you know and the, the opportunity and the experience that we've just had because for quite a long period of time We didn't have any of that and we didn't know if we were ever going to have any of it again i think we all thought we would just because the thought of not having it ever again (laughs) was too much for any of us to cope with so so we just thought well this will get better it will get better because it has to because that can be the only answer and and i think that was something that certainly i wanted to mention when when hosting the the panel debate was was to take that time to pause and reflect and think yourself as well and to think yes I know maybe this is a little bit aggravating or maybe I would have quite liked to have done that but actually what a wonderful experience this is and what a wonderful thing international higher education is for letting everybody be able to do that and if and if the one thing that one of the things you've got to cope with in it is just a little bit of humidity (laughs) and a bit of a daft hairstyle then that's probably fine
0: (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) wonderful. Thank you very much.